Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Joining us right now in studio, very exciting, Aton Hirsch of Hirsch Andrade LLP, a law firm based in Bridgeport, and the uh, executive director of the Greater Bridgeport Bar Association, Cindy Nigro, who I've only met on the email, as they say, on the on, on email and uh, virtually. And I'm so happy to meet you today. Hello, everybody. Hi, Thank and welcome so to the show. Good. Thank Can you, you hear well? Can you hear me? Perfect. Uh, hello, everybody, and thanks for being with us. So Law Day is on May 1st. And I understand that you guys are giving the Liberty Bell Award to none other than moi, for which I have to say thank you very, very much. Um, Eitan, tell me about this award. What, what's this about? Yes, thank the Liberty you. Bell Award is, thank you, Lisa. Uh, the Liberty Bell Award is an award given to an individual who shows essentially a wonderful um, rule, uh, demonstrates a, a sort of rule of law and their ability to um, serve the community in terms of the, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but really it's somebody who is very good at providing the services to our community for betterment of our community and has demonstrated over time a, a desire to serve our community vis-a-vis the rule of law. Someone like you, for example, is very deserving because uh, you're a longtime um, probate judge in, I believe it's the Westport Wilton area? Yeah, Westport Weston. Westport, we- yeah. Westport Weston. So. You're a perfect fit because you handle a lot of matters involving children. Yeah. Uh, you handle a lot of matters involving uh, individuals who uh, have psychological, perhaps, issues. We I, have a psychiatric hospital in our district, so I'm there all the time. So you deal with a lot of conservator-type type issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and commitments. Correct. And because of that commitment, we're going to honor you on oh, May 1st. different kind, thank you. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. And it's going to be at the courthouse, right? It is. It's going to be at the Main Street Courthouse, 1061 Main Street in Bridgeport. That courthouse was built in the 70s. Uh, I, I did a lot of trials there. So have I. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful... It's really going to be cool for me to walk back in that building. I've been in that building in a long time. I'm sure it still looks the same. <laughs> I'm sure it still looks the same. Um, it's so funny. I used to go in there a lot with my then uh, law partner who I've invited on Monday. I hope she can come. And um, she used to bring her gun with her. <laughs> I remember that. And she used to take her gun out and would go through <laughs> security. Then she would ask, please, 
It's a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know if the Marshalls will ever do that I don't know if they'd now. like that today. <laughs> she was a gunslinging lady, let me tell you. She's still licensed to carry in three states. Anyway, That's amazing. But yeah, she's pretty amazing. She's hot stuff. Uh, I, on the other hand, would run away from even looking at one. But... Um, but it was, yeah, that's great, great courthouse. A lot of wonderful tales from that courthouse. Not just that courthouse, but there's also a courthouse on Golden Hill Street, which was built in the 1880s. It was built in 1888. Really? Um, I came across last year in cleaning. I'm kind of known for cleaning and tossing. <laughs> and happened to put my hand down on the bookshelf and found a hardcover handwritten notebook that was from 1886. Come on. And it's amazing. And it was basically the notes that are handwritten, including all their little handwritten spreadsheets on how the Golden Hill Courthouse came to be. So they were raising money and raising funds, and Norwalk, of course, wanted that in their county seat. And Bridgeport said, "Mm, nope, you raised how much money? Oh, that's right, we're going to raise more. They had P.T. Barnum on their side, and we have the composite photos, which I'm sure you're familiar with, within the building. And in one of the photos, we have the one in our office from 1886, I think that one's for, or 1888. And that one has several members of that committee in the photo. So the Greater Bridgeport Bar Association goes back a long way. We are one of the oldest continually operating bar associations in the entire country. So this year is our 143rd Come year. Come on. Yeah. 1880. We do, have some, we do have some lawyers that joke around saying that they were there at the beginning. <laughs> Which is that is fun, incredible. We'll be presenting several 50-year member awards at really? our next dinner as well, too. I think we have eight of them all together. That is very, very cool. When I saw this award, the Liberty Bell Award, what was really cool to me, first of all, was was what you told me. It's about civic engagement, the rule of law, and I'm, I'm really honored about that because I really believe in that. I really, I really you believe in You demonstrate it in person. <laughs> quietly loudly when you need to you inspire people and that's one of the main reasons why you were chosen for that and at least are you aware of the roster i think we we did mention some of the individuals on the roster who have received the award i think senator i'll send the list to you yeah, i've, I've it's, seen it's it an impressive it's list. pretty I, impressive i think it was senator Lieber, uh, lieberman was one of them i believe yeah i saw that and then also one of the judges um dale radcliffe yes and I've read a lot of his opinions. I'm really impressed with that particular judge. He's very impressive. He's a really a good judge. I, I've had the pleasure of trying a case uh, in front of him. It was a real yeah. pleasure. You know, so sometimes as a probate judge, my cases are in a parallel way for different elements in other courtrooms. There may be a receiver. There may be a housing issue. There may be other kinds of things going on. Every now and then, um, a probate uh, matter is effectively stayed, not formally stayed, but waiting for a lot of other things to happen in superior court before it then circles back to probate court. And that, and in the context of that is how I've started to read um, that judge's opinion, Judge Radcliffe's opinions. I was really very impressed. So I was very honored that he was on the roster when I saw that. Uh, I remember when he got it, it was approximately 10 years ago. Uh, it was at the Holiday Inn. Um, this year we're going to do it at the courthouse. But yeah, that I was love a- that you're doing it at the courthouse. We have a great relationship with a particularly Judge Welch down there who has been such a champion for our efforts. And it's amazing to walk into the building. And I'm not a lawyer. I handle everything 
that's not being a lawyer for the Bar Association. And I walk in and there's every resource we could possibly imagine at our fingertips. And he was actually one of the ones that suggested whenever we need a bigger space, uh, particularly with now with the holiday and not there anymore. And not there anymore. And not there anymore. And he was the one that offered and said, however, he can be accommodating. He'd be pleased to do that. So his team is just fantastic. I want to introduce Kyle LaBeouf. Kyle, you are a U.S. attorney. Is that right? Or a state's attorney? Tell me if did I get that right. Uh, assistant state's attorney. Assistant, assistant state's attorney. So you do criminal prosecutions on behalf of the state, correct? Yes, that's correct. And Kyle, you're joining us as well as a member of this executive committee for the Greater Bridgeport Bar. Thank you so much for being on. Happy to be here. Thank you. So, Kyle, what what um, what do you do? Tell us about what a state's attorney does. What do you do? So, we'll prosecute uh, crimes. My specific uh, position is with the. Uh, uh, Medicaid fraud um, uh, unit. And so when we have doctors, uh, dentists, therapists um, that maybe fra- uh, defrauded the system, uh, our unit will, will prosecute um, prosecute those individuals. Okay. Do you like the work? I do. I do. Uh, it's been very rewarding and uh, certainly um, uh, very happy to serve. How do you catch those people? What do you do? So we have a referral system with our single state agency, um, Department of Social Services, which conducts its own investigation, sometimes through complaints, and then we'll uh, we'll submit the referral to us, and then we, we start our investigation. So basically people tell on people because they think that they're doing some <laughs> funny business, and that's what gets the system going. That's, that's accurate, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what do they say? If you see something, say something, pretty much? That's yes. pretty much what it is? Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. And, um, and Aton, what do you do? Uh, my firm practice is a plaintiff side, uh, personal injury and medical malpractice. Have I seen you on any buses lately? <laughs> I have not been on any buses, <laughs> to, to my knowledge. Boy, oh boy, no. are there are a lot of faces on buses lately. B- buses, highways. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's no. what you, do you like your work? I've been doing it since the day I graduated law school. So but do yes, you like it? Very much. You know what I like? I like serving uh, the people who are, in essence, at their most vulnerable. Um, usually they come to us after a very traumatic event, and it's a real high honor to represent people when, they're, when they really need your help. That's nice. That's really nice. So what prompted, Eitan, what prompted your involvement with the Bar Association? Well, I, I knew about it growing up because my father's a, a lawyer. He's also uh, my law partner. Oh, how cool so, is that? So I've known about that. That's the, pretty beautiful. Yeah. And he, um, I've known about the Bar Association for, for many, many years. He used to practice at Cone and Wolf. Oh, um, sure. Big firm. Which I'm well, sure you're, well you're familiar. Firm. Yes. Sure. And um, I got involved with the Bar Association pretty much after um, gra- graduating law school, like most people uh, at the Bar Association. And then... About 10 years ago, uh, there's an attorney, local attorney, Matt Reale, based in, in Shelton. Oh, his partner's Fred Anthony, my colleague. Oh, very. I think he's the long. I think Fred is the longest-serving uh, probate judge in the state. Really? Yeah, he's been for at least 20, I think 25 to 30 years. Well, I know Diane Yeaman just resigned, and she had been very long. She was just shy of 30 years. So I have to say, I have to speak to Fred. Fred is the, um, Fred Anthony is the probate judge of Shelton. If you're listening from Shelton, he's your probate judge. I got to give him a Canuck if that's true. He seems too young to be the longest serving probate judge. I, I think he is. I, I'm not, I don't know how many. I don't know how many probate districts are in the state, but fifty four. He might be the longest serving uh, probate judge at this point, or certainly top three. Wow! But Matt Rialli essentially tapped me on the shoulder uh, ten years ago and wanted me to get involved and join the board, and I and I did. I joined the board about ten years ago, and 
What do you get out of it? What What do you enjoy about it? Do you mean the president? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, being of service in the Greater Bridgeport Bar. What do you What do you like about it? I like um, the engagement with the other attorneys. Uh, I enjoy uh, the community efforts that we engage in. Uh, for example, we have a, a program with the Howland School. We, be, uh, we we read to the students at the Howland School in Bridgeport. Nice. I think we just had it a week. We or, just had it last week. We had about fifteen yeah. attorneys that read to the kids, and many are long-term readers and every year ask us when is it going to be and they sign back up again so yeah, it's, it's a nice really relationship it's really the community engagement is is i think what i like what i to get out of it is is a community engagement and the things we've done and now we're in a post you know finally a post-covid world we can start doing the things we thank goodness we did before we, we used to serve meals for example i forget where we Merton used to house. house we oh, used to serve meals there sure. a lot of things you know we can't we couldn't do because the pandemic now we're slowly getting out there because we've been intimately involved with the community for a hundred plus years isn't it amazing though just thinking about how long it took us to get up and running when it took two seconds to shut everything down i have to tell you i i have been really shocked at how slowly some things have come back you know we in probate court never closed so we never we never went away and we did zoom for a while we call it webex horrid system but whatever (laughs) um but as soon as I could not do it, I'm back to in person. And I was back to in person in the hospital with a mask on, you know, almost immediately. It was only when they had an active outbreak that I wasn't there. But otherwise, I was there. Because there's a lot of value to me as a judge in not just looking <clears throat> at the face and expression they want me to see, but I get to look at the whole body and I get to look at people looking at each other in the courtroom and I get to, I get to absorb an impression. You miss that dynamic when you're not. The in whole person. thing is completely different. Elisa, if I may ask, when you go to the the hospital, yes, is Full that? I, I, don't, I don't practice. Uh, oh, I can appoint probate. you. We can do it right away. <laughs> I don't we, practice. We always probate. need attorneys to help us. Yes, so, in other words, you're trying to gauge whether or not the individual has a sound mind and and able to. Yeah, whether act on they're their own dangerous behalf? to themselves, others, or gravely disabled is actually the standard. Okay. Yes. Yes. And you do that in the hospital room. Yes. Wow. Yeah. If they choose not to attend. I can make an inference about how sick they are. You know, these are not criminals. These are sick people. So it's a question of how sick they are. And I feel like since their civil rights are what is at stake, it is very important that we collectively as a system show them respect by showing up. So we show up. It makes up. a difference. I think so. Well, a society is measured by how you treat your most vulnerable mm, citizens. These are the most vulnerable There's nobody more vulnerable than somebody with a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia with no money, no resources, and no family that is in a hospital being asked to take medicine against his will. I think that's pretty much the definition. So I think that the least we can do is show up. So that's what we do. And that wasn't an option during the pandemic. You just did it. Well, I mean... You worked around it. You solved the problem. Exactly. As soon as the hospital, and in fact... We typically are on the ward, Mm -hmm. so that's where we are in a little room. But one of the the things I suggested was, okay, I'll be in the hospital, but I'll be in like a conference room outside the ward so they can be brought to me. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have to be among everybody. Now we're back on the ward. But in other words, we we work it out. We work it out. Problem solving. Yeah, we problem solve. To make it happen. Absolutely. 203-333-9422. We're talking about civic engagement, the rule of law and law day with distinguished members of the Greater Bridgeport Bar Association. We will be right back. It's the Lisa Wexler Show. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And we're back talking about the rule of law with distinguished member, the, the executive director of the Bridgeport Bar Association, Cindy Nigro, Eitan Hirsch, who is the, um, are you the president of the Greater Bridgeport Bar Association? I am for the next uh, three weeks. Next, And then is it going to Kyle LaBeouf? It's going to go to Charlene Merced, okay. a, lo- a local attorney. Oh, okay. Very nice. I Very look forward capable. to meeting her. Will I meet her on Monday? Yes, okay. she will be there. I should ask, because people have asked me, is the event open to the public on Monday? The building is open to the public, but the event, we can't close off because the building is a public building, but to participate in it, it's people need to know ahead of invitation, time. Invitation, invitation only. Situation. Remind me, I have There's about five names. There's also some catering. <laughs> oh, really? That's nice. Just remind me after, I have to give you the names. Absolutely. Of course, my husband is coming. Melissa wants oh, to be nice. there. And the general manager of WICC wants to come, oh, Kristen Okeson, which I'm delighted nice. about. And I have one or two attorney friends that may want to come. As well as, I'm hoping... Frankly, I'm hoping my clerk, one of my clerks will come. But, you know, they don't ever want to take off. I have the hardest working <laughs> clerks. They're unbelievable. They're like, I don't know if we can miss an hour, Judge. Anyway, they're fantastic. So um, so I was kibitzing a little bit and ranting, frankly. Uh, Kyle, you may have missed it. About the role of ethics and specifically the role of ethics that's now being questioned for the U.S. Supreme Court. Do you have any thoughts on that? Are you asking myself or, yeah. or Attorney LaBeouf? I'll ask you first, Aton. What do you think? My first thinking is, is why of all the federal judge, Article One and Article Three judges, are the Supreme Court judges exempt from ethical oversight? Um, you know, there aren't, a lot of people, what they may not know is there are administrative law judges in our federal system. Many. Immigration, all kinds of different, I mean, and hugely powerful in what they do as well. Correct. And if something occurs with them vis-a-vis an ethical complaint, why are they treated in a separate class than uh, Supreme Court justices? I don't believe that the the, the administrative judges have lifetime appointment, but I I believe that the... They do not. I think it's like 14 years, though. I'd have to look it up. It's a long time. I I knew it years ago, but I do know that um, federal judges do have lifetime appointment, I think, for good... Service. What, what's the standard? Um, it's no. They, once they're on, they're on, and it's. I think it's a very good reason. It's theoretically to exempt them from political nonsense, to keep them independent of any kind of political oversight. Right. So it's a lifetime appointment until lifetime. In fact, there was a recent federal judge who passed away in '98. He was still serving. '98. You, you might well, know him. I forgot his name. He well, just passed away. Judge Edgington in it. Bridgeport. That's the one. Yes, he was there. '98. I think he was appointed by Jimmy Carter. 
He was an amazing man, by the way. He had all his faculties until the end when he passed away in his sleep. He was That's a great, great man. He was, I, I went to visit him once in his private chambers. He was a lovely, lovely man. And so why would Judge Edgerton, as a federal judge, be, treated, his name. Yeah, be treated differently than a Supreme Court justice? They're both nominated by the, by the advice and consent of the U.S. Senate. U.S. Court of Appeals judges, same thing. They, they have the same ethical... Um, Everybody except the Supreme Court. Every single judge except those nine. And again, we're not talking about impeachment criteria. It's totally different. We're talking about appearances of impropriety or, you know, occasionally maybe being, if it comes to that, a reprimand or whatever. That's what we're talking about. Well, my understanding is that the chief justice would be the individual who would preside over any type of ethical matter. But why should, um, essentially, why should Justice Thomas be treated differently than a local federal judge here in Bridgeport. It's a little different on the state side because on the state side, uh, state judges, I believe, they serve for eight, eight, years, eight years at a time. Eight years at a time. Mm-hmm. So they have to be re- reappointed. They do. Little, it's a different dynamic because if there's something occurs, the political pe- the political That's powers true. on the legislature can there's, say— There's built-in accountability, you're saying, as opposed to with federal lifetime appointments, not so much. Correct. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, Kyle LaBeouf, what do you think about that? You're a state's attorney— I mean, it's it's tremendously controversial right now, but this morning's news, and this is why we're talking about it, uh, Chief Justice John Ro- uh, Roberts decided that he would not appear before Congress. He doesn't want Dick Durbin to summon him for any kind of questioning. And his response to a lot of pressure and clamor for more ethical oversight was a statement that he and the U.S. Supreme Justices, Supreme Court Justices, consult various opinions and they look to see about what other ethics opinions are and they call their friends and their colleagues. What do you think about this? Well, I think uh, to start off with, I'll just speak as just a a practicing attorney and and taking off the state's attorney hat um, during this dialogue anyway. But uh, in in certainly echoing everything uh, that Attorney Hirsch has just said, focusing on the point of law day, um, coming up on, on May 1st, for example, the theme this year is uh, the cornerstones of democracy, civics, civility, and collaboration. And all of these topics that we've been talking about so far, one of the reasons why this was chosen as the theme is that feelings right now, the dialogue, uh, the overall landscape interactions have just been more frictional and polarizing than at least in my lifetime anyway. And I know that um, certainly higher-ups in the ABA who, who chose this year's theme. The point of this is, is to get the uh, youth involved and to, to start to uh, uh, lower the heat a little bit and to uh, create a more uh, uh, civil atmosphere so we can start to talk about uh, these topics and still be uh, very cordial to one another. And because, you know, certainly these are, uh, these are issues right now that are firing up a lot of people. And, um, you know, hopefully that this opportunity with Law Day and getting the youth involved in the uh, debate on May 1st will um, certainly uh, educate everybody and um, that's participating and give them an opportunity to express themselves in a very civil way. So, Kyle LaBeouf, let me ask you this directly. Of course, you don't have to answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you think that it promotes respect for the rule of law to evade any kind of ethical scrutiny? Well, yeah, I I think that if you have a certain position of influence of that, the 
ethical scrutiny is, is certainly very important and to lead by example and to participate in um, the necessary transparency. And uh, hopefully uh, opportunities like Law Day will uh, start to educate the youth and the attorneys that are involved into uh, into participating and being transparent and uh, I think getting us to where we need to be. Yeah, I, I really think that the U.S. Supreme Court has a problem now. I think, I think they have a problem, uh, you know, and I think that there are a lot of easy ways to deal with it, but I'm not sure that closing up, you know, sort of, clo- what's the expression, closing ranks, so to speak? I don't know that that's going to be the right way to deal with it. I, again, this may pass, right? Because now they're coming out, as I said, with a very, in this fancy word, attenuated, you know, accusing the Ogorsuch because of whatever, and someone was from greenberg Trorig. It, it, it starts to look very politically motivated. It doesn't look like it has much teeth. But on the other hand, you've got this insistent um, non-for-profit called Fix the Court that every single day is hammering and hammering and hammering. I just don't know what's going to be with this. I don't know. I, think, I, I don't know. I think, yeah. Lisa, the court has been, this is not the first time in, in America's history that the court's been an, a tool of political whims. If you remember True. in the 30s, I believe, yeah. as you probably covered. FDR remember, tried to pack the court. Court packing. And he wasn't successful. But he avoided, but the court packing was avoided because it was a Supreme Court decision that was a pro-New Deal decision. That's correct. So they went, ha. Ah. Correct. Big sigh of relief. They didn't have to do it anymore. And I guess FDR, I wasn't talking to him personally myself, but I guess he felt he won the war, if not the battle. Because then it started to be a cascading of decisions under the Commerce Clause that found all these formerly no-nos, yes-yeses by those same nine people. Yeah. To get the New Deal programs passed. To get the New Deal programs In order to get America out of the Depression. That's right. So... Yeah, so there's a lot of ways to inflict pressure on a court without doing something obvious like trying to pack it, right? Well, there was also a discussion with the um, with Obamacare, if I recall, where uh, Judge Roberts, Justice Roberts, I should say, uh, voted uh, in favor of upholding the eight. The right, five to four. Five to four, where he called the, I believe it was the penalty, he called it a tax. That's right. And what was so interesting about that was is that when o- President Obama uh, was... Uh, promoting that program, he said it's not a tax. It's not a tax. That's right. That's right. So they find a way. They find a way. Hey, listen, I have an answer to our question, by the way, about federal judges. The um, the Article Three judges are lifetime appointments, but bankruptcy judges, which are also federal judges, are appointed to renewable 14-year terms by a majority of the judges of the U.S. Court of Appeals for their circuit with assistance from something called the Circuit Council. And so here in Connecticut, we're part of the Second Circuit. Yes, we are. So if a bankruptcy judge wishes to be reappointed, they go in front of a Second Circuit panel? I guess so. U.S. Court of Appeals for their circuit. Yep. Very interesting. 14 years at a time. And, of course, there are many other administrative judges. As I said, immigration, which is its whole, I mean, that's another parallel system of jurisprudence with its enormous precedence, you know, all the way up. And those are also not lifetime appointments. So the Article 3 are the lifetime appointments, yeah, which I think was a very wise thing to do in the U.S. Constitution, personally. You think lifetime appointments was good? Yeah, I do, for some judges, for some of the time. Yeah, I do, because I think it's really important to have an independent judiciary. And um, look, there's no perfect way, Eitan, to, to pick a judge. I've given a lot of thought to this because I am one. And typically, you're either appointed or elected. 
So if you're appointed, that means that you have to be in with the political party that appoints, and you have to basically curry the favor of the people that you know are in charge of appointing you. Some may be in the legislature, some may be in the gubernatorial branch, but you you have to get them to know you, you have to know them, and you have to, they have to like you. If you're, and that has pros and cons, right? If you're elected, then you go to everybody, but then there's an issue of raising money and there's an issue of that kind of thing. So there's no perfect way to appoint a judge. I love that I'm elected. I've said this from the beginning. I love that I'm elected because I feel that instead of being accountable to a handful of actual people, I am accountable to everybody. I like that better. And they judge your performance whenever they look and at you And they judge in the my box. performance every four years. Mm-hmm. I like it better. It's not perfect. There's no perfect way. But I like it better. And, um, and I like it better personally because I would not have become a judge otherwise because I was not in the in-group. I was asked to run by people in my community, and so I would not have become a judge unless I had to knock on 2,000 or 2,500 doors and ask a million people personally on the beaches, everywhere (laughs) on the beaches, like I'm in Normandy, on the beaches of Campo (laughs) um, to vote for me. And so I had a, I liked it, you know, I liked it. Well, you are very deserving of this Liberty Bell Award. And I will tell you that you're fabulous, and in the Bridgeport Judicial District, uh, actually, it's really a Fairfield Judicial District in Bridgeport, we have terrific, terrific judges. Yeah, that's that's what I hear all the time. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you again on Monday, and thank you so much for this honor. I'm really, really touched and very humble. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.